So hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Living the Dream podcast, a podcast for real estate agents that discusses strategies to grow your business to its maximum potential, while at the same time making sure that you're in control of your career and have the time to live a balanced life. So I'm Linus Killius, Head of Business Development at Homania, and with me as always is the co-host of the podcast and broker and general manager of Century 21 Heritage Group, Aaron Richardson. Aaron, I think that's the first time I haven't fumbled that sentence. Aaron, it's how's not the it first going? Time, it's not the first time I do. I wasn't, uh, or I didn't get uh, some sort of notification or something I didn't <laughs> shut off. So I've got my phone off. We're all set to go. That's a nice, uh, is that a COVID cut? Is that a, a wife cut? Your individual, like, did you do it yourself or? Well, <laughs> I'm not saying it looks bad, Lina. I'm just. No, no, no. It, it, my wife does my hair. Usually this isn't a COVID thing, <laughs> but um, yeah, actually, a little bit of a story. I don't, this is kind of a random one. It has nothing to do with real estate, but um, it seems like during COVID, a lot of people that I know, or at least are turning 40 right now. So a lot of people are having like, their, their spouses are like, oh, you know, like put it together a little birthday thank you wish, send it to us and we'll put together a video montage. So I thought I'd be a little um, different for mine. And I had a couple of months to plan it out. The reason I had the big beard is I wanted to make like a three stage video for them uh. where my beard was growing out and it like looked like I was kind of going crazy over time. So I, I actually filmed it in reverse too. So I had the big beard. I filmed the first scene. I cut it back a little bit, filmed the scene that was supposed to like take place in the past and kind of did it like that. So I did like a, the three stages of, of me going crazy uh, for the, for the birthday. I don't know. It's a crazy story, but anyways, that's, that's where the beard went. Um, and that's why it's been cut off. But how, how, how five, years, five years younger. Yeah, I guess so. Eh? How's everything going with you, Aaron? Are you getting those renovations finally sorted out? Yeah, slowly but surely, flooring in the basement. We're uh, we're almost there. Yeah. We we had a mice, a mouse, mice. We had a mouse in the house, yeah. and uh, just this week, and I I caught it about a couple hours ago, and I took it out in a cup and I rushed Aww. it down the block and got rid of it. But my wife has been freaking out over the past couple of days ever since we found that house. It's the first time we've ever had a mouse in the house, so uh, um, I've been through it. That's been that's been the drama at my household for the past couple of days. Anyways, we we are getting way too sidetracked. We should get onto the show. Uh, so onto the show. Real estate is a very, very demanding industry. I don't have to tell any of you that. There are many top agents that have found that perfect balance between business success and lifestyle success. But this isn't an easy balance to strike. On the show today, we're going to be talking about how to find this real estate zen, that perfect balance between life and success. And there's no one better to talk to about this than Storm Fletcher. Storm is the VP of Business Development for Richard Robbins International Incorporated, a company that provides leading edge training solutions for real estate agents. If you're in the industry, there's a very good chance you've heard of them because they're the bona fide leaders in the space. Storm, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm. Don't you want? Don't you want to ask me where my beard went? Are we not? <laughs> not, not it's okay. I'm comfortable I th with it. I <laughs> thought I'd leave that unsaid, but that's okay. I, I don't have HD set up right now. I can't see the high def. So. It is <laughs> Yes, absolutely. No, it is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I love talking about it. But more importantly, what I rather than talking about it, I love planting little seeds 
Conversation is so cool, but you know what's even cooler about conversation? When it can spawn a thought in your head and get you to think differently, which causes you to act differently, which will change your life. And in this industry, there's so many freaking voices and so many different ways that you can go. And what we end up doing always, and don't get me going, guys, I can rant. But what we do so often is we are in pursuit of what is obtainable, not as what is sustainable. So we sacrifice everything in pursuit of a result. We measure our success based on it, and we don't lay a great foundation. That is actually like the perfect segue into the first thing I actually wanted to talk about. Um, Storm, when a new agent is starting into the business, fresh slate, right? They've got no sales under their belt. No, like maybe they're starting to like, you know, get that list together that they can start contacting their prospecting. Um, what do you tell those people to make sure that once they do get successful, that that the success doesn't kind of carry them away. One thing that we see all the time is, is that agents, as they get busier, they have it more and more trouble managing their lifestyle. Their lifestyle takes a big hit. What would you tell like a, a fresh new agent to do to make sure that that doesn't happen to prepare for success? Well, to prepare for success, it's plain and simple. I tell them, would you ever advise a client to build a house without a foundation? And you absolutely wouldn't. And so when you're starting out, the first steps that you take, you're building the foundation. And so because, you see, we have, I love this industry. I think that it is one of the most incredible industries there are, but there is a disease in this industry. And the disease is we reward results and we base whether somebody is successful on the result that they get. So therefore the mindset of new agents coming in is in order for me to be successful, I have to be a rock star and I have to be producing results. But we want to get legs, we want to get stickiness, we want to do something that we can maintain. So my advice would be go slow, build something that is systemized, that has structure, where once you've connected with the client, if you want to go into this with a transactional mindset, and you're just going to jump from deal to deal to deal, God bless you, see you in five years when you're burnt out. But if you really want to build a business here, if this is what you're after, you have to go slow to get fast. And you have to put things in place so that you're able to nurture those relationships once they've come on board. The mentality of get a lead, scrub a lead thoroughly and, and decide whether they're worth your time is messed up. This is about establishing relationships. So what foundation are you going to put in place? And it starts with that word that we all hate, but is so necessary. And that is structure and systems. Can you, can you give me an example, just one system storm that you think is, is it like just that, that example, new agents, building the business out, maybe starting to jump deal to deal. Um, what would be a, an example of a system that they can put in place to sustain? Sure. So, I mean, a system would be your CRM. And then what is your value delivery system? That is the core foundation. So where are you going to house all these people? An Excel spreadsheet might be great when you have five. It's not fantastic when you've got 50. And so where your book of business, the only thing that is worth anything at the end of this journey is your CRM and the proof of what you've done. It's the only tangible. So your CRM, your first system that you're going to put in there is what does a lead journey look like? What does what experience what journey are you going to take every single person that you have the privilege of their attention? 
What journey are you going to take them on? And if you, if you're not deliberate in that, then you're inconsistent and you're easy to overlook because you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing and you're making it about you. So let's talk about that agent that comes into the office. They, they, they get help, uh, gave you a call and say, you know, you really helped them get that and uh, the key foundational success. So now they're a couple of years into the business and they've bound, built it a good foundation. They can't seem to get beyond that 15, 20 deal mark. There's like, now I'm running, it's running great, but I just don't have enough time in the day to continue to you know, satisfy the clients that are knocking on my door. Uh, what's the next phase? Well, honestly, um, enlist the help of others. And again, often when we get to that place where we're growing and we get to critical points and phases, we make decisions about our business based on what we think we can afford in the moment. And so we go, oh, getting help, part-time assistant, whatever it may be, is money out of my pocket. I'll do it myself. And so for me, it would be really looking at what are you really, really great at? What do you love doing? Look at 30% of what you do, you're not going to love. Suck it up. 70% you're going to love. So let's figure out what that 70% of and let's get you there and then let's delegate dump or do. So what are you going to delegate? What are you going to dump? What are you going to do? And it's keeping your mind on that and not allowing rabbit holes. We watch other people's success and we pursue it. And by the time we've caught up to where we think they were, they're already 20 kilometers ahead of us. So for someone who's got like 15, 20 deals, they're kind of at that point. You want to always be thinking about what are the building blocks in my business? But more importantly, what are the building blocks in my life? So you want to make sure that you've built a tribe around you and that tribe of people around you that are share the same values and the same core systems that you do, you can pull on and bring in. And so it is always about, you know, getting other people on board. We hire assistants in this industry when we are here mm -hmm. and then we go through them over and over and over because we don't have the time to invest in training them. Mm -hmm. And so you want to start training your assistant right out of the barrel. That's great. Yeah, I, I was talking to an agent just last week, actually. And they were getting to the point where they're talking about hiring an assistant. They've, they've tried in the past and it hasn't worked out. And their argument is, well, I can just do everything that they're going to do, but better. Right. And mm -hmm. I, f I feel like that's maybe the a stumbling point a lot of agents get into. They, they want to micromanage. They're like, well, if I, if I delegate a, like I can just do it twice as fast. So like, just, just let me do it. I'll, I'll take care of it. And they, they just can't do that management of, a, of another human resource. Like, is there anything you say to that kind of agent too? Because I imagine that's probably a common problem. Oh, it's a huge problem. I'm going to spend 15 minutes teaching you to do something that I can do in five. And so it is absolutely a wall that we hit. But I always say to them, look at if you right now you are here, what you have done so far has gotten you here. Where do you want to go? And if you want to go over here, you can't keep doing that stuff. And so but when we think about training or systemizing or anything, I would start acting as if I had an assistant right from the beginning of my business. What do I mean by that? every single thing that I do on an ongoing basis. So as I'm preparing for a listing presentation, I would literally hit record on my phone and I would speak out loud my process and everything that I'm doing. I've got it in text. 
send it off to get dictated. It costs 12 bucks an hour and you've got the skeleton of a system. Start creating and capturing your processes so you don't have to go through the arduous process of training somebody. Think like a CEO. So, so I've got the agent that came into my office as a new agent. We're two years in. Uh, they're doing 20 deals a year and they just don't have enough time in the day to get to the next level, but they really want to get to that next level. So they enlist themselves with an assistant. That brings them to 40 and 50 deals a year. They maybe have a buyer's, buyer's agent at that point in time. Um, but now they're 10 years into the industry. They can't seem to become a mega agent. They're like, I want to be number one in town. What, where are they at now? So they've got a good quality of life, but they just, they want to get to that next mega agent standpoint. What's the key to mega agent? The, well, you know what? The key to mega agent, and we've seen it over and over and over and over, is honestly your tribe, man. I'm going to say that so many times in this podcast, you're going to delete it out. <laughs> but it is, it is about having people around you that are each in their own little magic spot. And the I, the core idea of mega agent, they're no longer selling and they're not responsible for a big portion of the, the money that's being generated. We will talk to so many team leaders that have these mega teams and they're still responsible for 80% of the business. Shoot me now. I'm managing all of these people and I'm still responsible for generating a huge part of it. So it's about being able to migrate away from selling and into a role of leadership mentorship and coaching and you have to at some point step out of selling you become the brand you become the ambassador you become the coach and you become the trainer that is a mega team are you so the, the term rainmaker i'm gonna bring it back because I, I used to hear that a lot 10 15 years ago be the rainmaker um is that the is that that middle agent or are you still the rainmaker as a mega agent are those you know, you start spending some money, obviously, I think when you get into mega agent status and scale up, but are they rainmakers or are they truly managers? Are they now CEOs, like you said? No, I would say, look at, was Steve Jobs a rainmaker? Was Steve Jobs, I think he was the visionary, wasn't he? Was he really the one? That was but he was a rainmaker because what did he do? When you are at the head of something, you are the ambassador. You are the brand. When you're in a big, huge team and you've got everybody kind of going their own directions, but you're a team. How do you then bring continuity to your brand? How do you bring continuity to your messaging? How do you bring continuity to who it is and what you are? Yeah. So for me, at that level... The rainmaking may not be as direct as going out and actually doing it, but it's making sure there's integrity within the brand and what it is that you're doing. Yeah. yeah, That's the important piece. When you've got five different agents going out and making it rain, one's making it rain purple, one's making it rain pink, one's making it rain blue. It's not, there's not continuity there. And that is honestly where conflict happens. So it's really making sure that the vision, the strategies, the goals, and most importantly, the brand. Who are you? Who are you? So when you're putting together this this team and it evolves over time, I imagine one of the hardest parts is finding the right people to be a part of the team. You've already mentioned, you know, have, sharing a bit of a vision, 
But when you're looking for people and you're looking for that person to help you get to those next levels, you'd be an assistant or parts of your team. Like, are you looking for people that are like you, maybe complement you, maybe are con contrast what your personalities and your, and your strengths and weaknesses are? Like, what, what kind of team do you want to build around you to make sure that it's a strong and stable one going forward? Because literally, your career kind of hinges on it. Absolutely. So I don't think that the best thing to do is to build a team of a bunch of people just like you. Because if I hire, if I hire a team of people that are just like me, um, God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to make sure that, look, it, 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 you have to have a certain level of transparency and honesty, but I believe true leaders do. And that is really being able to acknowledge what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. So if I'm really incredible at relationship building, but I suck at paperwork, then who's imperative that I have on my team? Someone who is a detail freak. So we within our organization, we use the color profiling. You can use DISC. There's so many different things, but it's really identifying getting to know the person. What are their strengths? Where are your holes? Where are your gaps? It comes back to that dump delegate do. If you had a choice every day that you wake up as to what you get to do, what you get to dump and what you get to delegate, would that not be a beautiful life? Absolutely, it would. So no, I believe it's more about look, when I hire somebody in the sales division within our company, I'm hiring my replacement always. I'm always looking for my replacement. Because two things happen in that breath. Number one, I get the gift and the privilege of learning from somebody who's hungry and eager. Number two, I elevate my game. You want to chase me? Come on, let's go. And the other thing that's really beautiful about it is you get to watch somebody else evolve and evolve and evolve. And as they evolve, guess what happens? You evolve too. And so I think greatness in a team is hiring people who replace what it is that you do that you don't love. And when you get to that mega team spot, you are no longer in the in the trenches. You're keeping the trenches clear. Let's go back to the new agent side of things. Should your goal be to become a mega agent or should you make like kind of like small steps along the way and like aspire to something lower and then kind of like you once you get to that point, then you have a it's new a, aspiration. That's a good question, Linus. And I, I'm going to add to that question. This is something that's been around the industry recently with... Uh, I think something called 10 times or 10x or 10x. 10x. And, and, and I had this conversation with the guy that was all about 10x. And I, and I said, really? He says, yeah, man, you got to shoot way past. And I said, then, but you're never patting yourself on the back. <laughs> it's like, you're never reaching your goal. How do you do that? How do you keep? So listen, I'm not, I haven't read the books. I haven't done it. But just to add to Linus's question, it's a great question. How do you feel about that? Yeah. You know what? So here's the thing. I am a proponent of how do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. And yeah. there is something really magical that happens in our brains when we hit a goal. And those the dopamine and the endorphins that, re that are released are fundamental in our evolution. And so I believe that I can have a long-term dream. And my long-term dream 10 years down the road could be to be here. But you got to start where you are and you have to allow yourself the win. A lot of times when we look at mega agents, we're measuring our insides to their outsides. And I can tell you it's not so glorious always on that side of the fence. So it's about 
what would you need to accomplish in the next year? What, if I were to sit down with you a year from now, what would success look like to you? And for a lot of new agents starting out, success to them would be, oh, wow, like if I could make 60, 70 grand, like that would be awesome. Well, holy, woo, that's beautiful. And then it is the acknowledgement of where you want to be in a year and then live into it. Then you get to that year point and you're going to discover that there's things that happened along the way. What are you going to sacrifice? Look at my core belief in business. You have to be willing to make sacrifices, but there are two things you cannot sacrifice. And that is yourself and your family. And so you cannot offer up a sacrificial lamb. Make sacrifices, but do not sacrifice yourself or those that you love. And so in that, it's about really laying down. It's like, you know what? I always say this. This is a story and I love it. And you can tell me to shut up and I'm going to go. Okay, it's January. I wake up. 2020 was a bitch. COVID 20. Then like there was Christmas and there was like there was drinking and booze and food and it was like come on and you wake up January 3rd and you go oh good lord what happened to you one day you're gonna have to go back out into public again (laughs) (laughs) and so we say that's it I'm gonna lose weight I'm gonna get my life in order I'm never eating sugar again and three days later we're driving in our car trying to figure out where to hide the chocolate bar wrapper (laughs) We are a failure, our dialogue, rather than I've got a big goal. My big goals, I want to be over here, but I have to do what is sustainable. So I'm not going to have sugar on Mondays. And until I wake up Monday morning and I don't go, oh God, it's no sugar day. Until it becomes an innate part of who I am, I don't add Tuesday. Small, consistent actions lead to big change. Big change doesn't lead to small, consistent actions. So for a new agent, it's great to have dreams, man. You should have 50 of them, actually. It's great to have dreams. But more important is you want to have goals and you want to be able to hit a goal. So if someone says to me, well, yeah, Storm, yeah, I want to make 500000 this year. Okay, great. Awesome. What'd you make last year? 50. Can we talk? I think it's great that you want to make 500. But we're going to end this year with you feeling like a complete failure because you did not hit your goal. And it's going to totally wipe out all the great things that you accomplished along the road. So it's a journey, not a destination. And I thought I I was going in the wrong direction, Storm. I'm glad you say that because I have these people that are saying, no, no, man, you got to hit 500. If you hit 200, you've done well. Well, no, I didn't hit 500. I didn't even know half as much as I wanted to do, like 10 times, really? Oh, yeah, that's the way you got to be. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm on that train, to be honest with you. I agree. I agree. I've got a buddy of mine, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to decide I'm going to get back on my bike. And so I woke up this morning, and I'm going to do 100K. And I'm like, (laughs) so then it's like, you know, three hours later, he's like 25K in, and I get the call. Oh, my God. And he ended up doing 70K. And our conversation was, yeah, shit. Didn't hit the 100K. I only ended up doing, and I'm like, dude, do you hear yourself right now? You did 70K. Like, allow yourself the win. And a lot of times where we think we want to go is based on what we know today. And 
every time you arrive, the destination that you want to go to next may be different. And if you don't allow yourself that grace and that space, then this industry becomes a grind. And you've heard me say it, Erin, you've got two choices, wake up and grind or wake up and give. And if you're going to wake up and grind every day, God bless you on your journey, man. It ain't for me. But if you want to wake up and give, give of yourself, give of your time, give of your knowledge, give of your space and be realistic, be a dreamer, but be real. I feel like half your anecdote storm hit a little too close to home. I wish I could have <laughs> used you about 20 New Year's resolutions ago to let me know that I'm shooting a little too high because I was that guy who got on that bike and uh, that bike is still sitting in the garage. I haven't touched it in years. <laughs> Turns out my back can't quite handle it uh, like it used to. So um, let's let's spin back a little bit because there's, there's one thing I, I did want to ask you about is kind of along the way, as you get clients, clients have different needs. And a lot of clients will be those needy clients that just keep calling you. They ask you about everything. You, you, you almost feel bad uh, telling them, like, I don't have time or, like, you know, putting, putting them off or whatever because you've got to live your life too, right? Like, you can't be on call 24-7. Uh, but a lot of agents do act like that, right, and have issues managing the, their relationship with their clients as well in fear that they're going to ruin their relationship with their client. So, like, what kind of strategies or what do you tell agents is the best way to handle this kind of situation? Because I feel like that's a lot of what can lead to that lack, not lacking lifestyle, but poor lifestyle is just by constantly feeling like you're always on call. Absolutely. So you ever been in a bad relationship? <laughs> I've been married for a long time. So no, not in a long time, but I have been. Yes. <laughs> so when you look at it as a transaction, you're going to allow behaviors and treatment that is obtainable in the moment to get the deal, but not sustainable. People will only ever treat you the way that you show them they are allowed to. And if you manage the relationship right up front and your communication with them is they say, oh yeah, okay, well, I wanna meet with you Saturday at one. The very first time that a client lays down a timeline when they wanna meet with you, you don't accept it. Oh, you know what? I'm, I can't do Saturday at one. I've got a previous engagement, but I can do two. And you start managing the relationship right up front. If not, if you're not willing to do that, you're getting calls at midnight on a Sunday. Hey, there's a house I want to go see. Are you up? <laughs> and so it really is not coming from that scarcity mindset. People will respect you more. If you're dealing with one client, you can run all over the place. But as you start building your success, you're dealing with more than one client. And if you are at their beck and call, what are you sacrificing? But if right up front, you treat it like a business, if there is an urgent home that it's, it is, it's, it's, it's deal day, you got to get an offer in, that's different. But when it is your time and there's no urgency, managing expectations up front, we don't though because we think they're going to pick somebody else. We'll let them. And we might want to cut this out, but I'm going to say it. Be very selective as to who you work with. Assholes refer assholes. And if you've got somebody who's not respectful of who you are as a professional and what you bring to the table, then do you really want that client referring people to you? 
Not at all. You know what? We're not going to cut that out. We might actually make that the title of the episode. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to tell you, Storm. So I, I've I've really bought into Richard Robbins International and Richard for that matter. He's great. Um, you know, I went to the team summit. Uh, fantastic team summit. I've been to other team summits and uh, uh, wanted to walk out of the room, to be honest with you. Um, so some really, really good things I took from that. I think Richard's great. I met uh, up with uh, Richard. He was he was at the uh, lounge at Inman at now. Was it a year ago or two years ago? I can't even remember. I guess it'd be two years ago, maybe. Maybe it was last year. I don't know. Um, and I uh, had a great conversation with him. But when I wanted to have somebody on the podcast, so I wanted, to, I, I told Linus, you got to get Storm on. Aww. And so I really, one, I mean, I just wanted to put that out that uh, um, Richard has obviously surrounded himself and his business with great people to the point where um, I can't say, I don't want to say that to to offend Richard, but whether I, Richard was on today or you were on today, we were getting the same. And, and that's how I feel. Um, so surrounding yourself, I'm going to take that as a, and we're doing that right now as a, as a brokerage. We're, we're bringing on new managers and really starting to build something special. And uh, we even for the first time enlisted a company to find us good talent. And boy, did that ever pay off. We've got a dynamic person that we just hired on. So... Um, Going back to the building the team thing, you know, um, and remembering some of the things I learned with Richard when he did the team, bringing on good talent we've talked about. Is there any resource? I mean, I know some agents that could really help or could really use the help with finding good talent. Is, is it good, you know, uh, uh, I guess, job description or uh, job job posting on Indeed? Is it is it? Is it, you know, calling around? Like, how do you how do you attract good talent? Well, you know, we've indeed is definitely one. Uh, LinkedIn is another. Um, we've found some really high, high quality, high caliber talent through LinkedIn, quite honestly. But more importantly, it, in order to find the right person, you have to be able to give yourself the time to do so. And so often when we go on the hunt for new talent, we're hunting out of necessity, not out of want. And so when you look at, as you look at any business and you think this is where we are and this is where we want to go, you have to give yourself time to find the right person, but we hire out of urgency. And one person on the bus, not that they're a bad person, but one person on the bus that was hired out of necessity, <laughs> and wasn't really thought after. In our company, Erin, they, they come in through application. They have an interview with one person on our team. If that person gives a thumbs up, then they have an interview with two more people on the team. If those two people give the thumbs up, they then come in and do a group interview. And if the group gives a thumbs up, then they get to meet with Rich. If one person on the team is not 100% on board, and this is the God's honest truth, that person's not hired. Because for us, when you look at it, our team and who we are, look at, I love Rich and Sue Robbins as if they were my family. I love this organization that I work for as if it were my own. I love the people that we get to work with. I love what I get to do every day. And the reason a big piece of that is the people that I get to do it with. And so when you've got a really great culture, a really great vibe, 
You give yourself the time to make sure that when you're hiring in, you're doing right by the other person, but you're also doing right by yourself. So I honestly believe when you're looking for talent, if I were going to be looking, I'm a realtor, I'm a new realtor, and I'm going to be looking for an assistant in a year, I would be starting my process now. No different than our coaches. I'm always interviewing everybody that I interact with every single day. Would they be a good coach? I wonder if they'd be a good coach. I wonder if they'd be a good coach. So you always have to be in interview mode and you always have to be looking for talent, not out of necessity, out of want. I've got an interesting question for you. And I was going to save it for the end. Who knows? Maybe this will be closer to the end of the show anyways. Um, no, I have so many more questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We'll get those in a second because it's, it's actually very very pertinent to the conversation. Um, we've got a bit of an HR quandary uh, personally that we're tr I'm trying to solve right now. Uh, I've been talking to my wife and we're trying to add either a dog or a cat to our family. <laughs> and we've been having this discussion for a while. I'm more of a dog guy. Uh, my wife's more of a cat lady. Well, not, not a cat lady, but <laughs> she likes cats. I know, Storm, that you've got possibly one of the cutest dogs I've ever seen. So is there any possible way that you can t help me convince my wife to get a dog instead of a cat? <laughs> oh, you know, I can. Absolutely, I can. <laughs> so one poops in the house <laughs> and one poops out. <laughs> Just one is like happy that. when you're home and will share your bed. The other wants you out of their bed. <laughs> I love my dogs. I love, I've got two of them now, actually. Two 85 pound dogs. If you got a, if you got another half hour, I can commit, I can, I can come up with 50 other reasons. I'm a dog guy over yeah. a cat guy. And, and I think anybody in real estate, to be honest with you, should be because I've seen cats destroy homes and the value of homes. I could go on about different scenarios where people lost tens of maybe even $100,000 in a house price. Honestly, it was probably about 100 um, because of the damage the cat did to the house. And you can't get rid of some of that damage. 100%. I, I should call my wife right now and get her onto the show. And we, can have, we can have a little sit down, powwow together. You know what it comes down to again? It comes down to why would what? Why do you want a pet in your life? What are the top three reasons that you want a pet in your life? And if you want a pet in your life for companionship, for someone to get you outdoors and get you exercising, um, then you definitely don't want a cat. If you want a pet in your life to say you have one and you want to clean a kitty litter box, have you ever done that? <laughs> I, plenty of times. We've we've we had a cat for a long, oh. long time. So I, I I was the guy who cleaned the litter box. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, there's some. There's. I mean, I guess we're getting kind of going off on a crazy <laughs> tangent here. But um, yeah, there are there are lots of pets that I would never understand um, why anyone would want them. I I do enjoy the companionship. Cats can be companionable as well, right? As dogs. Um, but there's some pets like I like I would never want like a hamster or like a pet snake or anything like that. That's something that. I would never understand, you know, God bless you if it's something that you're into, but it's just not, it's just not for me. <laughs> no. And I mean, you look at my sister, my sister owns three naked kitties, three of the hairless ones. She has officially become the, the old cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get a ferret. That's the other, I actually looked into getting a ferret at one point. Oh. I really wanted a ferret. I don't know why, but don't, don't ever get a ferret. We're talking. <laughs> I uh, just want to put bit. in this full disclosure for the reason for this podcast. We are not anti-animal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that, you know, cats aren't uh, a good 
addition to society by any means. Yeah. Um, one of the things I should have asked, I should have kind of, yeah, gone through this at the beginning because um, I think I was even not confused. I questioned. I thought to myself, Richard Robbins in coaching, any relation to Tony Robbins? And it's funny, I think I brought that up, Storm, with you at one point when we first met. And it goes, well, funny story is no relation whatsoever, no re no connection. Is that right? Yes. Other than the fact that you worked for Tony Robbins. Yes. Yeah, and actually. Like, no way. You're just saying that. Yeah, that, no. Tell me about how you got on and what what's that all about? So Tony Robbins is actually married to my best friend in the whole wide world, Sage. And uh, that's how I met Tone. So um Sage and her ex-husband and myself and my ex-husband, uh, we were travel buddies and, and buddies. And uh, Sage met Tony and uh, and that's how the story goes. So I went from, uh, you know, girl living in BC uh, to literally on the road with Tony, um, traveling all over the world. Uh, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, but I tell you, when you immerse into that organization, it is full on, full in, full tilt all of the time. Um, it is unbelievable. Yeah, I still, there's still a very, very special part of my life to this day. Is that a guy, is, is he, is Tony Robbins allowed to have a bad day? I'm just curious because, I mean, <laughs> the, he just... He bleeds that positivity and right mindset, right? I, you got to give yourself a bad day every now and then, don't you? You know what? We call them zag. So you, you have it. You're allowed to have a zag day. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I think that that's the part of it. So often, though, and it's a great point back to even when we talk about building a mega team or doing whatever, when we look at somebody and they've got their public persona and not to say that that's not tone, it is, but they've got this persona and we try to live into it, not understanding that behind the curtains, there is life. <laughs> and so absolutely we all have good days and bad days right i would argue he probably has a lot more good days than bad though <laughs> you hope. that's what you're hoping yes, for in life absolutely <laughs> well storm i think like aaron said before we could literally sit here and chat with you forever but unfortunately we try and keep the show to you know at least like 30 45 minutes and we're kind of getting to that time so i think this is probably where we're going to start winding down this show so if you like the show, you can subscribe to us pretty much wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star and review on those sites because it really does help. You can check us out on our website at livingthedream.show where you can check out and listen to any or all of our shows. Or you can head over to our YouTube channel at youtube.livingthedream.show to watch our podcast video streams on demand. Storm, if anyone here is looking for coaching or help of any sort, how can they get in touch with you and your organization? What's the best place to look? Best way for them to get in touch with us is honestly shoot me an email. Uh, storm at richardrobbins.com. Robbins is with two Bs. The thing that's really important about us is much like this. Look, we're conversational. Uh, we love growing our tribe and we love having people on board, but we are not hardcore sales. It's not our style. Um, so if anybody has questions, is curious, don't be afraid to pick up the phone or connect with us. Our job isn't to sell you. Our job is to provide you all the information that you need in order to make a decision. And that's the place that we come from. But they can go online as well, richardrobbins.com. There's all kinds of links and information there as well. They can subscribe, join our tribe, um, or reach out to me directly. 
that's amazingly approachable way to go about it too. I really like that because a lot of the times I'm sure people probably have that hesitancy to, to contact coaches or trainers. They're worried that they're going to get sucked in if they don't want to, if they're not ready to, but that makes me feel a lot more like, Oh, we can call and have that conversation, see how things go, you know, and, and de develop that relationship. So you I really like that. You cannot preach it and teach it if you're not it. And so when we talk about the importance and value in relationships and that the giver gets the most and that giving starts a receiving process, that has to be the foundation on which we do our business as well. So it's the law of attraction. I like it. So that's how you get in touch with Storm. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you too. You can email us anytime at podcast at livingthedream.show. Thank you, Storm so much for coming on. I can see why Aaron has been talking about this day for ages. It was a great pleasure meeting you. It was great having this long chat with you. Thanks again for coming on the show. And Aaron, thanks as always for being here. Everybody, thanks for watching. Have a great week.